Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Pam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee, she is Tam. Renee, 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 what it do, 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 hey, hey. How are you, Miss Tam? I am doing most excellent, Renee. Guess what? What happened? If you forgot or didn't realize, it's our 100th episode. That is correct, 100 even. Can you believe we actually made it to 100 episodes, Tam? No, because as much as we enjoy talking about NASCAR, it's been a struggle. It has. Sometimes. Because, like, for instance, we're transparent. We're recording this show. It's 5 o'clock in the morning. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you call dedication because, in reality, I'm just getting back from the Roval and the times just didn't work out because when I got back, it was late. You had to work and so on and so on. This was the only time that we had to record. And what's really crazy about it, Renee's getting ready to go to work at the VA and help some of our veterans out. Yep. And he has taken the time to record this podcast, not for us, but for you, because we are sure you guys want to know our take on all things NASCAR. And again, this is a podcast for fans by fans. So he's taking the time to make sure this show is done, recorded. And hopefully edited by me today before he heads over to the VA hospital. How about that? That's right. Absolutely. Fantastic. And you know what? High fives and a round of applause to you, Miss Tam, for heading to the Roval, traveling over there, traveling back, and making sure that you also are here for this podcast for our fans. And uh, look what time it is in your right. And we're both exhausted. We're both a little tired, but we got just enough energy for our fans. So let's get it together. Okay, so kudos to us. Clap, clap, clap. Insert applause here. Right, exactly. <laughs> for our 100th episode. And I know we promised that we were going to do something special. We have a few things in the works. Please bear with us. It'll probably be until episode 103 before we get it all together. But there is something in the works to commemorate our 100th episode. Just give us probably about a week or two to get it together. Also... If you haven't already, for our new listeners, make sure to check us out on Twitter. Got an opportunity to meet Kobe Lampett, who is a fan of the show, or I, I don't like to refer to anyone as fans, but a friend of the show. Got a chance to meet him out at the Roval, and he was like, hey guys, what is going on with the Twitter chat? We will be back the following Monday after Dover. That is a promise. You can bookmark it, check it cash the check at Bank of America, it will happen. Twitter chat will be on Monday, either at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Haven't decided, but we will be back. Renee, you ready to talk just a little bit about the Roval? I am. Let's talk about it. Okay. And I say just a little bit because once you guys listen to this podcast, you will be roveled out and it is time for Dover. Just wanted to give you guys our take on the last lap because it seems as if everyone is talking about the last lap. I did not want to believe that Martin Truex Jr. dumped Jimmy. Had a conversation with our boy Kenny who 
has come on the podcast before and shout out to Kenny. Got a chance to hang out with him at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. He is now happily employed at MRN. So make sure to check him out. Awesome. Congratulations to Kenny. Yes, congratulations. He is handling all the social media for MRN. So make sure to follow MRN on Instagram and Twitter. But that being said, had a conversation with Colby as well as, oh my goodness, help me with this name. Oh, and I believe his name was Blake over at the NASCAR Foundation. And we were watching a replay trying to figure out if in fact Martin Truex Jr. had dumped Jimmy Johnson. I didn't want to believe it because I said, no, this is not Martin Truex's character. After listening to the replays of the spotters and crew chiefs, uh, I was like, dude, he dumped him, but Jimmy crashed him. So it was what it was. And why that's significant is because that pretty much cost Jimmy Johnson any chances of making the playoffs. Because if I'm not mistaken, he missed the playoffs by one point. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that he he um, missed he missed it just ever so closely. It's a little disappointing only because I was looking forward to seeing Jimmy Johnson make the playoff. And that, and that, that was my only issue. But uh, you're right, Tam. This is, if somebody ever refers to the last lap, I think we're all going to, you know, think about Roval. Forget whatever happened through the entire race. It all came down to that last lap. I mean, it's Jimmy Johnson just being Jimmy Johnson. You know, I hate to think that Jimmy did anything intentional, but here's a guy who's just a, a competitor. He just wants to win. And he hadn't had a great season all year long. He found himself in a position where he had an opportunity, not just to score some points, not just to finish the race, but he had an opportunity, Tam, to actually win the race. You don't think a guy that's Mr. Seven Time is not going to try to try to win the race? All he's probably thinking about was a checkered flag. So I totally get it. I hate the fact that he, you know, that he took Truex out. At the same time, I I don't blame Truex for what he did either. I, I mean, you know, he dumped him, and uh, I think I probably would have done the same thing. I mean, he was pissed. <laughs> I mean, he was really pissed off, but he had a reason. Well, you can look at it a lot of ways. One, maybe Jimmy shouldn't have put himself in a situation where he had to yeah. show and prove to make it to the next round of the playoffs. Then it was a lot of conversation about it being a last-minute desperation attempt. I'm not quite sure what was going through Jimmy's mind, but he wrecked Martin Truex Jr. And of course, we all know what happened. Blaney just threaded the needle and said, excuse me, excuse me, and took the checker flag. I don't know how you want to call it, if it was Jimmy's fault or I don't know. But it also begs the question, should the Roval be the last race before we actually moved to the next round of the playoffs because the pressure was on. And I mean, granted, you raced a win, but that was pretty incredible to know that the Roval was such an unproven situation. Nobody knew what was going to happen. And to have your playoff hopes crushed on a track, it's like having Daytona or Talladega as the last race before the next round of the playoffs. (laughs) It's too unpredictable. Right. We all know Blaney won. Just a few notables. A.J. Armadinger came in seventh place. That's interesting because A.J. does not have a ride <laughs> going into next year. And yeah, no kidding. we may talk about that a little later, but you guys already know he doesn't have a job next year. 
And the only other notable, Kyle Larson and Jeffrey Earnhardt were the last two cars on the lead lap. There were 26 cars that finished on a lead lap at the Roval. I find that interesting because as we know, Kyle Larson, he pretty much was the deciding factor with Jimmy Johnson being out of the playoffs because Jimmy missed the playoffs by one point. And if I'm not mistaken, don't quote me, it was Larson who moved into that spot. He did whatever he needed to do and got himself transferred into the round of 12 of the playoffs. And, oh, playoff drivers, Brad Keselowski, Kyle Busch, and Austin Dillon all crashed out the race. I believe Austin Dillon was the first playoff driver to crash out of the race. And just to give you guys a quick playoff update, Jimmy Johnson, Austin Dillon, Denny Hamlin, which is a shocker, your boy Denny Hamlin, as well as Eric Jones are all out of the playoffs. So just to repeat that, Brad Kozlowski, Kyle Busch, and Austin Dillon crashed out of the race. Jimmy Johnson, Austin Dillon, Denny Hamlin, and Eric Jones are out of the playoffs. And that's also disappointing only because I was really, 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 obviously, as you know by my picks, I was really pushing for Denny Hamlin to really make it. And um, and here's the crazy thing, Tam, is I automatically just figured Jimmy Johnson would make it. But I'm sure you figured Jimmy Johnson and Denny Hamlin would make it. You're absolutely right. I I was just hoping that Denny Hamlin would at least win the race to ensure a spot. Now, I don't know about you, Tam, but I'm watching that last lap. Look, I'm just, just, just to go back just a quick second, but I'm watching that last lap and I'm thinking, Jimmy Johnson just needs to finish the race. But I knew at some point, uh, because I'm listening to the guys call the race, and I'm thinking to myself the same thing that they were saying. I'm like, the way he was racing, he was racing so aggressive. I'm like, he just doesn't want to finish this race. He sees he has an opportunity to win this race. So why wouldn't he not want to try to win this race? And then it just all kind of fell apart for all of them. Not Hammond. kind of. It just well, it all did. fell apart. Yeah, you're right. It, and then it just did. You're right. You're absolutely right. It's just disappointing. But also at the same time, it's exciting because we got new drivers in the playoffs that we don't normally see all the time. And uh, you never know. This could be actually really interesting. Okay. Well, on that note, because it seems like you wanted me to go over who's in the playoffs. There you go. Kyle Busch right now is walking in the playoffs with his head high, pumping his chest because he's 47 points to the good. Kevin Harvick is right behind Kyle Busch. Martin Truex Jr. is in third. Brad Keselowski fourth. Clint Boyer fifth. Joey Logano sixth. Kurt Busch seventh. And Ryan Blaney eighth. If the playoffs were at the cutoff for the next round, all eight of those drivers would be in. Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, Eric Amarola, as well as Alex Bowman, our guy, they're all in the playoffs right now because they made it to the round of 12. But again, if the playoffs started today, those four drivers, Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, Eric Amarola, and Alex Bowman would not make it to the round of eight. Who would have ever thought Alex Bowman would make it to the round of 12 and not Jimmy Johnson? Yeah, there you go. My point exactly. What's up? What's, what else is going on in NASCAR? Oh, I guess we should talk about this 2019 rules package yeah. and some exciting news. It, it appeared to be exciting on the surface, but once you got to the nitty gritty, it wasn't as exciting as I expected it or thought it would be. 
As you guys know, I am a lover of super speedways. I'm not necessarily a fan of restrictor plates, but I enjoy restrictor plates tracks, which of course are Talladega and Daytona. News came out that NASCAR will be actually changing the package again. And when I say the package, I'm talking about the rules package. What else is new? Because it seems like the package changed every week. But this was the announcement for the 2019 package for next year, for next season. What was interesting is that it was revealed that NASCAR has decided to take the restrictor plates off for Daytona and Talladega. What that means, of course, you guys are all race fans, so you know restrictor plates are in fact exactly that. They restrict the horsepower from the cars. So you're thinking like, yeah, if they take the restrictor plates off, we're going to go fast. But that is not actually going to be the case because when you break it down, what they're going to focus on, there are going to be smaller spacers, larger spoilers and splitters, and then they're going to add aero ducts to the car. What that is going to do is reduce the horsepower as well as increase the drag. So you think, okay, we removed these restrictor plates. It's all good. We're going to go faster, but not so fast because by adding all this other stuff, it changes everything. So I think it's without the restrictor plates. Don't quote me. Because, you know, I read this stuff and I try to give it back to you guys. And I sometimes have notes and sometimes I don't. But I believe without the restrictor plates, the cars have the capability of going 550 horsepower. But, and it'll probably even out. So it'll probably be the same as if we had restrictor plates. What's ironic, I didn't know this, but just a fun fast fact that it's been 32 years since NASCAR's raced at any of those tracks as in Talladega or Daytona, without restrictor plates. Oh, and one more interesting fact. Although this package is going to take effect for the 2019 season, it's not going to start to April. The Daytona 500 will still have restrictor plates. Ah, okay. Now that's kind of crazy because you think like, why would Daytona, the Daytona 500 still have restrictor plates? Like you have enough time to under, to take them off. But also to it seems as if this is going to be an ongoing thing with NASCAR still working with the engineers and the development department or team or whatever they call it to kind of or hone in exactly on what they're trying to do. It seems kind of frustrating only in the sense of like from a fan's point of view, you go, OK, well, then then why change it if it's going to be the same thing as if you were had restrictor plates and whatnot? And this is the one frustrating thing about And we've talked about this, Tam, many a times uh, on our podcast. But uh, this is the one frustrating thing about NASCAR is that they always try to change things, which which I which I like. But at the same time, it's like, how much is too much? You're just changing things to change them or you're just changing them just to uh, call it something else. But you really it's the same thing as what you had before, if if I'm making any sense. So as a fan, if I'm frustrated, imagine how the drivers feel. <laughs> I can't imagine as a driver, you're going, oh my God, like, when does it end? Like, when, when is it going to stop? And then you just go, oh, well, you know what? You just kind of go along with it. I think sometimes maybe some of these drivers are just immune to some of these, these uh, rules that keep changing. From what I see is that NASCAR is trying to do everything to excite the fans right. and bring back a buzz to NASCAR. And that was what the Rover was all about. There's been some talk that 
maybe there'll be another roval, but then there's been talk that there won't be a roval. I'm not quite sure, but you never know with NASCAR, they'll decide in the middle of the season to add something else. Now, what's... Just real quick, Tam, I'm sorry to mean to cut you off, but I actually enjoyed the roval. I, I don't know about you, just I actually enjoyed it. Did, did, did you enjoy it just as much because you were there? I mean, you were there like live watching this whole thing unfold. From a point of view as just being there live, did you feel like you really actually enjoyed that track or was it just like, yeah, it was? I will say this. I stood on pit row for a little bit and I didn't really feel excitement, but I walked, they built like this little makeshift bridge and it was almost like being at a street race where, you know, actually it kind of gave me a feeling of being at a IndyCar race or a Formula One street race where you can actually get close up to the fence. Right. So once I walked over to this certain part of the track, and I got an opportunity to kind of grab the fence and watch the drivers over the apex. I was like, okay, watching them go through the chicanes and all that, that was pretty interesting as well. There was a different energy and a different buzz once I went to a different part of the track. But in all honesty, watching it from Pitt Road and some other places that I watched it from, it just felt like another race. But once I walked around, there was a different energy. And one thing I also want to add, I saw the most beautiful picture ever that I took. I guess I should say it like that. But we never really talk about race on this podcast, but I had an opportunity to witness a family of three black kids watching the race and I later found out it was their first time ever going to a NASCAR race. And I just randomly saw these kids and thought to myself, oh, wow, they are really into the race because they had their headphones on. They were hanging on the fence. Then they sat down. Then they got back up. And I thought to myself, that's what NASCAR is all about, exposing people who probably have never been to a race to a race. So they have an opportunity to experience the sport that we have come to love. That is beautiful. That is that is really, really awesome, Tim. I also want to give a super shout out to Jimmy Johnson's dad, who I got a chance to randomly meet and hang out with awesome. him and his girlfriend. Shout out to my boy from San Diego, because, of course, he was from there from California and we got to talking. Very inviting. Just so happened was meeting somebody over in the motorhome area. And they were like, hey, you know what? Come over here, hang out with us, start talking to this guy. Didn't know who he was. First thing he says, you want a beer? You want something off the grill? How can I help you? What do you want to eat? Just super, super, super nice. And then Alex Bowman's dad came over. So got a chance to meet Alex Bowman's dad as well. So shout out to them. Also shout out to Daniel over at Sirius Radio. He always makes my time at the track pleasant because he's fun to hang out with, as well as a good friend of mine who works for NASCAR. I won't say her name, but I love hanging out with them. And being with them, I actually got a chance to go into the TV remote area as well as go on top of where like where the cameras are for the yeah. races. Uh-huh. So I got a super exclusive behind the scenes look at everything that was going down at the Roval, went inside of the PRN booth and actually stood there while they called the race. 
and got a chance to see how they produce the live radio broadcast, which yeah. was pretty cool. So shout out to all them. Of course, as in any other race, there were a few things that happened that I didn't like. And I don't think I ever talk about it, but I just want to make one little quick note. NASCAR has to get it together. I don't know if I don't look like I belong at the track, but it's becoming quite irritating when I go to these races. I've been going to NASCAR races for what, eight or nine years now that I I don't want to use the word harassed, but maybe I guess I don't look like a typical NASCAR fan. So I'm going to leave it at that. I think it's time for some predictions. There Was there anything else that we needed to talk about? No, I think we covered everything that we pretty much wanted to. But uh, I just wanted to tell you, Tam, I think uh, that that last the last few statements that you made are just absolutely encouraging because uh, what I did want to say before we go into our predictions, Tam, and I want our listeners to really understand what, what, where we're coming from, not just from what you just said, but from what I'm getting ready to say is that I love the fact that you, you were able and notwithstanding the, the, the very last part of your, your statement just a few moments ago. But everything else before that is what I want uh, our listeners to understand what we've experienced personally from some of the, the races that we've gone to over the years together. And even before we started doing this podcast, when uh, I used to just see you randomly at the racetracks, is that it's so nice to kind of go around the racetrack and be a part and see all this experience of people tailgating, uh, grilling, uh, drinking, having a, a wonderful time. And the one thing I noticed about NASCAR fans, they are for, for the most part, from what I've found, very inviting. They're very open and uh, willing for you to stop by and, and talk and whatnot. I think the one thing I love about NASCAR fans is as long as they understand that you're not being condescending to them, you're not trying to make fun of them, you're not trying to mock them in any kind of way, but that they actually find out that you really, really do enjoy the sport itself you understand the sport itself. Because I remember we've talked about this once before, and I can't remember when, but I know it's been a while back, Tam. We've actually even had fans like maybe even question our ability of knowledge about NASCAR, where you go, okay, here's somebody who maybe just doesn't believe that we really actually do love NASCAR. We actually do know NASCAR, so they'll question us about something. And then when we give them an, an answer, and then they go, okay, they actually do know NASCAR. That's what I want our listeners to know is that that we're very passionate about this sport. And just the way that you broke it, you broke it down just a moment ago is actually refreshing to hear, knowing that you went to the Roval. And I wish I could have gone only in the sense of that I love going to these racetracks. And I know a lot of times I don't get to go only because I have so many things on my plate. But I'm glad that you went there and you had a great time. You got to meet Jimmy Johnson's father. You got to meet Alex Bowman's father because those are experiences that I want all of our listeners to experience and not just meeting people like that, but just in general of going to a race and actually having a great and wonderful time, either with just themselves and their, their significant other or with their family. Well, it was a wonderful time. Again, there was some hiccups and I feel bad because it's almost like I expect this every time I go to the track. It's some subtleties. I don't want to get into it. Right. You can read in between the lines and probably whatever you're thinking is probably exactly what it is. But on that note, because it is too early in the morning to be negative. That's we correct. We are going to flip the script and talk about Dover. So, Renee. It is time for some predictions. Oh, my yes, goodness. Yes. My tone was a little off on that. Let me try that <laughs> again. 
It is time for some predictions. Predictions oh. it is. Oh, my yes. goodness. Before we do some predictions, I okay. forgot. I want to give a shout out to Buick. I should have did this at the beginning of the podcast, but I'm going to do it now before we do our predictions. Shout out to Buick. I had an opportunity to drive around Charlotte in a Buick Enclave this weekend. I don't tell you guys anything but the truth. I was actually pleasantly surprised by the Enclave. It is, if you guys don't know, you can Google it, but it's big, but it's not big like a, well, I shouldn't say a truck or a van, but it's, it's just everything. I was actually pleasantly surprised that I liked it. You have your two seats in the front, you have your two seats in the back, and then you have a third passenger row. And then, of course, you have a lot of space as well as the trunk space wasn't as big as I expected it to be, but it was suffice. But what why I was really impressed with the car is because first and foremost, it had all of the bells and whistles of, say, maybe a luxury navigator as in a Lincoln navigator, but of course, without the Lincoln navigator's price. And it also was the best on gas. I think about how I drove that car from the airport straight to Charlotte Motor Speedway, back from Charlotte Motor Speedway to downtown Charlotte, back to the track the next day on Sunday, and then back again. And I literally did not even use a quarter of a tank. Wow. It was actually shocking. But more importantly, everything from the Apple CarPlay, Everything, I always forget, but the safety lights that light up when you're trying to make a left turn, the seat actually vibrated when you got too close to other cars. It just really was shocking. And for our new listeners, not to use the word or not to be braggadocious, and I hate to use that word, but I I drive a luxury vehicle daily. Not my Ferrari Portofino yet, but I drive, you know, affordable luxury vehicle. Let's say that. So to be in this car, it felt a little off because, you know, I drive a two-seater. But after hitting the highway, I'm like, okay, this car has some get up and go. And it, it, it was pretty nice. Shout out to General Motors. Shout out to Buick. Really enjoyed the Buick Enclave. Renee, who you got? Time for some predictions. Who will win at Dover? It's time for Tam and Renee's Race Predictions. Okay, well, here we go, back at Dover. And um, I'm just going to put this out there because I think after what transpired this past weekend at the Roval, I got a feeling that Martin Truex Jr. is going to come away with the checkered flag. He's going to be in victory lane because I think a lot of that anger, I think a lot of that uh, frustration, and I like like to think he's going to use that as motivation to go into Dover. I see Martin Truex Jr. winning this race. now. I probably would have said that anyway, but I think because of the facts of what of what happened and the events that transpired this past weekend, I really believe that Martin Truex Jr. is going to come away with a checkered flag. Now, my alternative pick, gosh, and I, I really don't want to go there because I, I don't want to make it so easy and just so uh, predictable, but I got a feeling that one of the other top two guys like uh, Bush, uh, and, I'm, and I'm speaking of Kyle Bush uh, and or Harvick, could possibly win it. But I'm going to go with somebody else, um, Tam, on this one. Now, I'm going to go with Truex Jr. as actually winning this race. I'm going to go with the number 78 car. But as my alternative pick, I'm going to go with Kyle Larson. 
I thought Kyle Larson actually had a pretty decent day uh, this past weekend at the Roval. And unfortunately, Kislowski uh, didn't help him any by slamming into the wall and kind of taking him out just a little bit, although it really probably wasn't his fault. But I'm going to go with Kyle Larson as my alternative pick. And uh, I'm going to go with the 78 Martin Trix Jr. with the checkered flag. Those are my picks. I'm sticking with them, Tam. Those are Renee's picks. And before I give you my picks, for our new listeners, every week I give you a history lesson. That history lesson consists of the past 10 winners at Dover, and here they are. We race twice a year at Dover, so this is the second race of the season. Past 10 winners include my boy, Greg Biffle. Hey, Biffle. 2008, your boy, Greg Biffle. 2009, Jimmy Johnson. 2010, Jimmy Johnson. 2011, Kurt Busch. 2012, Brad Keselowski. 2013, Jimmy Johnson. 2014, Jeff Gordon, who was actually at the track, and I was sitting in the media center when he came in and shout out to Charlotte Motor Speedway for not giving me a seat at the media center, which was mind boggling to me, but that's a whole nother note. Jeff Gordon came in and they actually announced some plans for Sonoma. So if you guys don't know, and we didn't talk about it, sorry, make sure to Google it. But Sonoma has some new things coming up next year for the race. 2015, Kevin Harvick, 2016, Martin Truex Jr. and 2017, Kyle Busch. Those are your past 10 winners at Dover for the late race in the season. Notables, you already know Jimmy Johnson is a 11-time winner at Dover. He has conquered the Monster Mile and then some. Kyle Busch is a three-time winner. Martin Truex Jr. and Kevin Harvick are both two-time winners. And Brad Kozlowski has only won one time. And why did I pick those specific five people to read off? Because, of course, there were some other people that I could have mentioned. But I mentioned them because one, Jimmy Johnson has dominated at Dover and considering everything that happened at the Roval, that guy may just come out and show you and remind everybody in NASCAR Nation who the who who he is. And I mentioned Harvick, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr. and Brad Kozlowski because they sit on top of the leaderboard heading into Dover in regards to the playoffs. You guys want to know who Tam has? It's simple. I am going to go with one driver who is in the playoffs and one driver who is not in the playoffs. My driver to win who's in the playoffs, oh my goodness, maybe I I really still want to go with Kurt Busch because Kurt did come in 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 top five. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he came in top five at the Roval, but the Roval is not Dover. And Clint Boyer, boy, he looked good yeah, at the he? Roval. Yeah, and I saw him outside the media center, and he was a hoot. You know what hoot means. He was funny. Yeah. You know, maybe I'll change. But no, I feel like I'm going to go with Jimmy Johnson as my alternative pick. I'm not going to pick him to win only because the playoff drivers are hungry and time is of the essence in terms of winning and securing your faith into the next round. So I'm going to go with Jimmy Johnson as my alternative and my pick to win the race is actually going to be Kyle Busch. Kyle right. Busch is my winner and Martin, or, oh, why did I say Martin Truex Jr.? Kyle <laughs> Busch is my winner and your boy Jimmy Johnson is my alternative. All right. Well, those are Tam's picks. Those are my picks. If you got picks, hit us up on our social media. Tam always gives our social media. But listen, before we do that, I just want to let everybody know we appreciate you uh, listening. Going back to the fact that this is our 100th episode for all of our listeners who have been with us from the beginning and for our new listeners that have uh, been coming in 
over this year of uh, doing this podcast. I just want to say we can't thank you enough. We appreciate you guys, old and new listeners coming in. Please don't forget to hit the subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode of All Turns, No Breaks with Tam and Renee. You can find the podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. And tell at least two friends to subscribe to All Turns, No Breaks. We really do appreciate that, guys, more than you know. Uh, You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Make sure you follow us across the board at Turns No Breaks. If you guys want NASCAR news directly in your email box, head over to our website, allturnsnobreaks.com, and sign up for our newsletter. Tam, always make sure that that's always updated. For Tam and myself, thanks for joining us on our 100th episode, and we look forward to talking NASCAR for another 100 episodes if we can make it that far, Tam, (laughs) each and every week. Thank you so much. Bye-bye, and thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 